Finding Common Battlegrounds is an attempt by two brothers, one conservative, the other progressive, to have civil conversations about politics with a little help from their friends. Welcome, Finding Common Battleground listeners. Uh, Welcome to another podcast today. Today we're going to be talking about replacement theory and is replacement theory real? So we'll, we'll talk about that more in a second. But first, um, I've got, uh, if you're not familiar with the format, we are, this is the podcast where we find common ground uh, to see what we try to focus on what we agree on more than what we disagree on. And we have uh, Ryan Cragen and Josh Cragen representing both sides. Ryan representing the liberals and uh, Josh representing the uh, conservatives. Um, you wouldn't know it because we're all wearing democratic blue today but uh whatever um so uh yes each side has has some points that are going to throw at each other and we're going to see how often they can get the other side to agree with them um but uh uh, first a word from our sponsor we're going to go with uh, lux bidets and talk about that if you guys aren't uh if you're still a barbarian wiping your butt with toilet paper rethink your life okay and uh start (laughs) spraying it down Yes, we are in a drought in the West, but uh, but I, I don't know what's worse, right? A bunch of crappy, literally crappy uh, paper that uh, has to get managed through the sewer system or just using a little water to wipe your butt. You're already like dumping like a quart of water with every flush. So just add a little more and eat. Have you ever smelled somebody that didn't wipe properly? <laughs> oh, Tom. Like, don't oh. like them. I'm serious. Not any adults. I, I can. Well, I have. I have smelled kids. like old men. I've smelled yeah. that didn't write properly. Just like, oh my gosh, this dude needs a bidet. Sorry, <laughs> one, one up down. me. One up uh, me. There you. Go. Well, uh, so the locker room where I change to go play soccer at, at my work, right? It's like the locker room for coaches. Um, I was in there one day. And I, I went, I like, I was, I was in there, um, after soccer, I dropped off my stuff and went in to shower. And when I came back, there was a bench and there was a Brown streak where one of the coaches had sat down and I was oh. like, you're kidding me. No, oh. I know what that is. And that is not okay. You need a bidet. You need a Lux bidet. Oh my gosh. Man. It was, it was nasty. I'm all about promoting bidet, but I don't know if I want to air that story. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Uh, All right. We'll move on. Uh, (laughs) On that note, trying out loud (laughs) for the, for the three rejects still listening after that. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Um, So yes. uh, Replacement theory. So I'm, we're just going to talk about this. Um, basically talking about if it's real. And uh, so basically kind of the catalyst for this is there was the mass shooting was it last week in uh, Buffalo. Yep. I think 10 people were killed. They were all um, minorities. And, uh, and it was, I think it was the, the whiter was the shooter was white and mm-hmm. he had written a pretty lengthy manifesto and mentioned replacement theory. Um, and it seemed to be a, a motivation. And so the question is, um, what we're talking about is, it, um, and, and replacement theory is basically the idea that whites, white Americans are being systemically and, and uh, replaced in a like a conspiratorial way, right? A right. planned way. And so that, that's really the, the 
what replacement theory is that there's some it's not just americans right because it started in france so it's yeah. whites european yeah but we're whites, i think we're focused primarily caucasian on, whites well, that's where US, it came but, from yeah. i don't it know it came it, from it, it came from france is, so okay need, so it is globally kind of a global theory though. uh well it came from france because they were worried about migrants from africa in particular right, right? and so they're basically saying like no we need to hold the line as you know white french individuals mm-hmm. we want to limit migration and then it spread across the pond and literally the guy who coined it was a frenchman right he coined mm-hmm. the term uh the great replacement or replacement theory yeah great um replacement. yeah i think it's a great replacement um, yeah. So, uh, I, yeah, I've read a few, uh, articles on it, but yeah, we'll, let's just go ahead and kick this thing off because that's usually starts the conversation. Anyway, I'm going to start with Ryan. I tried to keep it pretty vague, Ryan, cause yours, some of your questions are going to get more into this. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I'll start with Ryan's question for, uh, for Josh and, uh, let's see here. Uh, Josh, can we agree that the Census Bureau has projected that the percentage of the U.S. population that is non-Hispanic white is going to decrease over time? Okay. So I, I apologize in advance. This first point is a little bit long, but I'm giving a little bit of the background that I think Tom knew was coming here. So I'm particularly interested in the Great Replacement conspiracy theory, and I'm using that very intentionally because it's rooted in demography, which is an area of sociology. And for our listeners, that's literally my profession. That's what I do. For those who are not aware of what demography is, it's the study of populations and tends to focus on things like births, deaths, and of course, migration. Basically, how does a population change over time? One of the really cool things about demography is that when it comes to the study of large populations, it's actually very accurate at making predictions. We can't predict the behavior of any one individual, but we can predict what's going to happen with large groups of people. Uh, For instance, we can predict roughly how many kids are going to be born in any year or how many people are going to die based on previous years and then relevant factors. Okay. Um, With all of that as background, what is the situation with migration and the percentage of the U.S. population that is white, since that is the heart of the Great Replacement Conspiracy Theory? The Census Bureau, which is staffed by demographers, right, sociologists and demographers, um, issued some projections in 2015 based on 2014 data. And I can put the link anywhere if you guys want to look at the table. I have the table up, right? Nope. But we don't have to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think the numbers are actually really interesting. And I think it's it's useful to get these numbers into the conversation right from the get-go, okay? So they were projecting from 2014 to 2060. So we're still looking 40 years in the future. Uh, by 2060, the U.S. population will be about 417 million people or about 90 million more than we have at present, okay? In 2014, and these numbers, like, pay close attention because they get a little bit tricky here. In 2014... 62.2% of the U.S. population identified as non-Hispanic white, okay? And keep in mind, Hispanic is an ethnicity, not a race. So if we add Hispanic, uh, white Hispanics to that percentage, it goes up to 775 okay? And if we need to unpack the Hispanic versus not Hispanic, we can do that separately. By 2060, the Census Bureau projects that the percentage of non-Hispanic whites in the U.S., will drop to 43.6%, below does mean, 50%. Does that mean I can call myself Hispanic if I feel like it? I can identify um, as Hispanic? Of course. It's a, it's a bit more complicated than no, that. No, but You can call yourself whatever you want. Because now. it's not you a race. Can, but it's not like, a race. Yeah, it's an ethnicity. Well, it, ethnicity refers to a shared culture. 
That's all yeah, it means, right? Exactly. So a shared culture. So do you speak Spanish? Do you have Spanish ancestry? But Spanish does, that, does any of that Hispanic really ancestry? even matter? No. Nope. I listen to uh, Spanish music, right? It's like <laughs> I'm Hispanic. I'm a no, drum set. Good. <laughs> oh god. Well, that's funny because they actually oh, ask that question in a lot of like hiring, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you non-white or yeah, Hispanic they're trying or... to track minority hires, right? Right. Okay. So Whatever. all right, so, sorry. Picking up with the numbers again, remember in 2014, it was 62.2% of the population was non-Hispanic white. Yeah. By 2060, that's going to drop to 43.6%. Yeah. Okay? Now, if we add back in Hispanic white individuals, it goes up to 74.3%. Okay. Mm-hmm. So basically what the Census Bureau is saying, and their projections are generally pretty accurate. Obviously, things can change. We could change migration policies again. We could do lots of different things. But based on their current projections, uh, we're going to see, and this is where we get to my point with Josh, we're going to see a decline in the non-Hispanic white population in the U.S. over the next 40 years. So, Josh, this is just a, a straight like fact agreement. Can we agree that the Census Bureau has projected that the percentage of the U.S. population that is non-Hispanic white is going to decrease over time? Ryan, can we agree that you could have just said <laughs> white people will not be a minority in the near future? The majority, and, yeah. Or a majority in the near future without boring us with 40 <laughs> minutes of numbers. I think that was four minutes of numbers. Uh, it felt like four hours. <laughs> I just drained four minutes of your life. How do you <laughs> feel? Uh, that was so needlessly crying? overcomplicated. Right. You agree, Josh. You yes. Agree. All right. Sure. Okay. Ding, ding. Good job, Ryan. Yay. Um, We agree on facts. I like it. (laughs) I almost disagree just because you were so boring. Let's talk about poop again. Jeez. Uh, I'm either too intense or not intense enough. Josh, come on. Take a pick. Okay. All right. We're going to move on. Ryan, would you agree that we currently have a bit of a problem with illegal immigration? Let me read. Let me read numbers. I'm going to read so many numbers. Okay, this is literally the first article that popped up. It's a Yahoo article. I think Yahoo's probably a little left. I don't know. I don't care. It is. Nearly two million people were encountered by federal law enforcement while attempting to enter the United States illegally over the past year. Data released Friday afternoon by U.S. Customs and Border Protection shows that federal law enforcement officials stopped almost 2 million non-citizens who tried to gain entry to the U.S. by walking across from Canada or Mexico. Enter, uh, the large majority of the 1.9 million, 1.66 million were stopped by the Border Patrol. Um, I mean, you, you get the point, right? I don't read all the numbers. numbers. Oh. I agree, right? So you get the point. We sure. This is, this is the, uh, the biggest influx of illegal immigrants in 97 years. Okay? Okay. Is this a problem? Uh, what was the question? Would you agree that we currently have a bit of a problem with illegal immigration? Um, okay. Maybe. I am for open borders, right? But for other... I mean, we've talked about borders before, right? I, I am for open borders. So uh, if if the question is, is there illegal immigration because legally right now we don't allow it, then yes, that's absolutely true. I'm not denying the numbers. The numbers are absolutely true. Do I think it's a serious problem as far as more people coming into this country? That That's a different question. So if we don't want okay, to go that, down that, that path, we'll just leave that for oh, that, now. That'll actually be my second question because okay. I, knew, I knew you would go, well, I'm okay with 
with open borders, everybody should come here. So that's actually my second question I want to talk about. But again, I don't think I just, everybody should come here. I just wanted to establish a fact to start with, softball. Good. We yep. have, the, we have the lots numbers, of people trying to get into the country right now. The numbers yeah. coming in are insane. And these are these you agreed these are a direct result of Biden policies, right? This all this is a big influx under Biden. Um it, well, it's, I mean it's crazy. Mm, I don't You've, you've we said have to that add that past. second part, right? Well, like, right I there are lots you, of other I, forces. There are push and pull factors when any people, when anybody, somebody's migrating. Sure. Would it would it be safe to say it was more curtailed d- during the Trump administration? Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I'll I, agree I with that. Right. It's just you know, it's complicated. Um, all right, okay. Well, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to move on. Okay, we got. I, I kind of got an agreement. You don't think it's a problem, but you do agree that the numbers. I totally agree with is, the numbers. Yeah. Is increasing. Uh, yep. All right. Uh, okay. Um, Josh, can we agree that the great replacement theory, conspiracy theory is openly blatantly and unapologetically racist. Mm. So much shorter point this time. Mm. If you recall my first point, I distinguish between race and ethnicity. We can discuss that if we need to, if we included Hispanic whites with non-Hispanic whites, the percentage white stays pretty steady in the next 40 years, declining by 3%. Okay. But people seem really bothered by including Hispanic individuals with non-Hispanic individuals and only seem to care about non-Hispanic whites declining. That strikes me as reflective of what is really underlying the great replacement conspiracy theory, which isn't even subtle or masked. I mean, literally with the shooter and what just happened, he drove hours from his home to go find a predominantly black grocery store so he could kill minorities. So the great replacement theory is openly and blatantly and unapologetically racist. Can we agree with that? Are you saying the the theory itself or or people? Like I, I'm not sure I understand the question. The theory itself, what? yeah, it's obviously based on race yeah. because it. I like when it when it came out. This French guy came out with it. it it's it's almost like a, a not almost. It's a white supremacist viewpoint, right? Is that what you're asking? Yes, that's all I'm it's, asking because I absolutely agree with that. It, it's a Yay. A strange conspiracy theory put out there by neo Nazis, basically saying we need to keep the the white bloodlines pure. Okay, it's, it's crazy and it's racist. I'll absolutely agree with that. No problem. Ding ding! Yay! Right, getting lots of. Uh, I think uh, we need to fight more. Didn't you say that our Ryan, listeners want us you, to fight more? Oh, well, we're we're gonna get to it. Oh, okay. Ryan, you took my ding ding. All right, I'm gonna. Oh, I'm sorry. Warning there. <laughs> yellow, yellow card. I want a yellow card. <laughs> yellow card. Uh, yes. I just need right. one more. And Ryan get kicks out. Get kicked out. <laughs> I get to debate myself. By, yeah, forfeit. Okay. I need a. I need a draw foul here. Ryan, would you agree that the Palestinians might have some thoughts about unchecked immigration? What? Okay, I knew you were going to go say, with this. When you say Palestinians, did you do you mean Jews? No, I mean the Palestinians. Okay, okay? I'll give a, a quick uh, overview of the historical situation there in the Middle East. Okay, the the Jews were persecuted all through Europe, right? Everywhere they went, they were kicked out. They were killed. They had pogroms for a thousand years, where the the citizens would rise up. Usually, the politicians would rally them up and say it's the Jews' fault that we have the Black Plague or whatever, and then they'd go and kick all the Jews out. And the Jews got really sick of this, um, so they decided they needed a home. So they wrote to the uh, emperor of the Ottoman Empire, I think it was, the Sultan of Turkey, I think, it, I think it was. And he controlled that whole area at the time, right? This is before World War II. And they said, can we come live 
uh, in our in our ancient homeland, you know, in the Levant, um, because we don't have a home. And the Muslims were so cool at the time. He said, absolutely. You guys are our brothers from the tribe of Judah. There's plenty of room for everybody. Come on in. Come on into the Levant and we'll make you feel at home. Okay, really cool, right? The Muslims gave the Jews a home because they had been persecuted for a thousand years and they had nowhere to live. The Jews moved in and what did they immediately do? They had more money and were better better educated than the Palestinians and the people that lived there. So they immediately started buying up land and then they would uh, um, they like started to take over the government and they started to pass laws saying that um, Jewish uh, Jewish land can't be worked by the natives by Palestinians that lived there. So they started buying these farms that had been passed down for generations by Palestinian families, and then they'd kick them off. And sometimes they'd just lay fallow, right? Um, so the Jews moved in and and took over. And, and that's undeniable. Now we have the state of Israel. They 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 the state of Israel is more in. complicated though. I'm, I'm I have that. I have how how long am I to explain this? Yes. It's a very complicated situation. I don't know, forty minutes or something. Oh boring. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually really wow. interested. Keep going. That's it, it's a super interesting thing. Josh I don't like explains things really well. He's he's a great <laughs> storyteller. Thank you. Um continue, Josh. Well the I mean, you, you see you see the point of what I'm getting at, right? So you had somebody all, moved in, they took over and well, replaced it was the existing population. Yeah, they 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 literally took over, right? Even though they were still the minority, they took over the government and they had all the money and they had all the power. So they started making all these laws where the, the Palestinians lost all power because of what, what eventually turned into unchecked immigration. Okay. So there are obviously instances where we have to worry about open borders and people just moving in and taking over it. That's, this is one of the biggest conflicts in the world and has been in my entire lifetime. It was, it started with unchecked immigration. They were invited in. People, the the Muslims were really cool and said, "Come on in." And then the Jews took over. Okay. Um, I wanted to ask you real quick. I mean, can we complicate that by saying that the Ottoman Empire fell to the British basically, and then the British are the ones who helped establish the state of Israel? Like, um, it wasn't. It was a little bit more complicated. It's way more that. complicated than that. The French okay. had a lot to do with that as well, right? Um, and World it, War II happened, and there was a Holocaust. World War II happened. Like, I mean, it's, the, it's more complicated than the, like, hey, coming in the British take over. That yeah, it was complicated. Well, no, the, they started to fight back, and I mean, it's a really fascinating thing. There's but, a, it, but but Israelites were there before World War II, yes. But, but yeah, it didn't become a, it didn't become an official state until after World War II. That the the official state thing that's going to cost you six million Jews. All right, costly. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Well, high price. Yeah. Okay, we'll pay it. But but, but that well that was that was part of why Israel did that, right? Because they were still experiencing pogroms, and the Holocaust was just a really really bad one where they were being persecuted. Um, Are you saying in, pilgrims or pogroms? Pogrom. P o g r o m. Pogroms. Okay. What a, a pogrom is? That. It's it's like a like a mini genocide kind of thing. Yeah. Please explain happened, it for our listeners so they understand. Okay. This I, happened, I know. This I happened over and over again to the Jews. They would move into Russia or or uh, um, Poland or take yeah, your any, pick, any, any of, of those countries. European countries, and they would do great when they'd first move in because they're industrious and they're um, 
uh, educated, right? And so yeah. when they move in, everybody's oh great, this guy's is supplying a need. We awesome. like him. He's doing my books and taking exactly and doing stuff. He's, it's he's great. A banker. Let's let's do all the stereotypes. Um, and then when something would go wrong, like a plague would sleep in, or there's a financial downturn, the politicians would go, "Oh, well, th- it's not my fault. The politician, it's the Jews. Go get them." And this kept happening. So then you'd everybody'd get together and and they'd turn into a mob and then you'd have a night of violence where they'd go and kill and rape the Jews and take all their stuff and drive the survivors out of town. This happened over and over again to the Jews. So they had a very real grievance. I saw Fiddler on the Roof. I know how this works. There you go. Okay. So they had very real grievance. Uh, The whole world screwed them over and and we all screwed them over in World War II and then they went and screwed over the Muslims. And now the Muslims are screwing everybody. Like it's this weird cycle. Everybody is to blame. It's it's really complicated. Ryan's right; it's complicated, but this was an uncontrolled immigration problem. Ryan, do you know a a sociologist by the name of Seeley Martin? He's in mm-hmm. Tampa. Okay, he has. I, I just pulled this up. Um, the problem of unchecked immigration. He has this really interesting document uh, that he did. Is this guy any good? Uh, I don't. Uh, I don't want to throw him under the bus. I, I it was literally the first one that pulled up on when I searched for it and then I saw he's a sociologist in Tampa. Well, Ryan probably knows him, but oh he my. talks about some of the problems we're going to run into in the near future with this huge Im- influx of, of immigration. Okay. I, I agree with talking about Americans extent. now. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I, I agree with Ryan to the extent about open borders should hopefully that's the way of the future. But if you just allow so many people in the country, our, our, Economy can't sustain that. Okay, uh, there's there's numbers out there that say I think at least about half of immigrants here are on some sort of welfare program. Okay, we already we talked about before we started that we we don't have money, and so this is a drain on the system. So there are reasons. Or what I'm trying to get at, Ryan, are there reasons where you should check immigration, where there should be some checks and balances on the flow of people here, or are you really just for right now? Are you all about open borders? Anybody that should come Anybody. and go? Um, do we want to go down this path of open borders? Well, we did why? talk about we did yeah. talk about this already. Yeah, just, we just have, give me right? a brief summary uh, on on your thought there because well, well, I'll, so, I'll get to why I'm getting to it. Yeah, open open borders is fundamentally capitalist. It's supply and demand. Sure, right. That's that's and, why I partially agree with you. See, so it's basically saying, oh, well, if there's a lot of demand here and supply here. If we open the borders, then it, the market, the invisible hand of the market actually manages population flow instead of artificial policies, often policies that are completely racist, right? Um, which we've done. Mm. Like Much of our history here in the US is basically uh, playing favorites with different groups of people. We banned the Chinese from coming in for a while. We banned people from this country. We banned people from that country. And it just depends on who we don't like at a certain period of time. But those are all uh, artificial laws and regulations. Let, right? Let's talk about that because it's actually germane to the conversation. Um, a, a while back, I was listening to somebody talk about this today. The government didn't want um, educated Europeans here. They wanted um, poor people because the the corporations, the heads of corporations wanted cheap labor. So some of these issues or some of these uh, policies that you're talking about, they were motivated by capitalists, the heads of corporations that wanted cheap labor. So we said, no, we don't want white Europeans because you're more likely to be educated. So I'm actually agreeing with you. A lot of these are, I I wouldn't say racially motivated. They're they're drawn on racial lines, but they're more 
class motivated or, yeah. or I mean, they're both capitalist I would say both. motivated. Yeah, so sure. so let's just be clear. It's not that, that we're just saying it, it's all a racist thing. There are racial lines that are drawn. Does that make sense? I'm I'm fine with that. As long as we're just saying like we choose who we're going to discriminate against. And that's sure. what those policies are. And if we just had open borders, none of that would happen. The invisible hand of the market would manage population flows. Um, and the other benefit of open borders is we would now have an incentive to not just extract resources from other places, but to actually try and make the whole world a better place. Develop those places. Yeah. We, yeah. If we develop it, they won't come here, right? Yeah. That's the idea. But if we just restrict it, then everybody's going to want to come here because all we're doing is extract. I mean, we talked about this before too, sure. right? Uh, Haiti owes France money. Like that's absurd. <laughs> like Crazy. absolutely asinine that that would actually be the case because it's just France extracting resources from people who have nothing to begin with. But that's basically the way the world order works. And then we just draw, our, we build our walls and say, no, some people get to come here and live a life of luxury. The rest of you have to live in squalor. And if we open the borders, we can't do that anymore. That's the logic behind open borders. And, and that's good. Yeah, because now we have to have, we, we want to help everybody develop, right? But, 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 but or, could you, or we're going to spread all of our poverty or it's going to get yeah. spread everywhere. But, well, but, I mean. But, but answer this question. Could you just open the borders completely right now and there would be no, no consequences? I have no idea what would happen. My guess is that it would probably be bad okay. <laughs> at least initially that, that that's what i want that, that's the answer that i'm looking for that's where we f- find common ground here it's worth talking about it's it's worth having a conversation about this because it's really complicated and we need to be able to talk about it yes you agree with that about migration yeah we should be able to talk about it yeah we, we we've talked about migration i don't I have yeah. no problem talking about migration. That's, that's i think i, I actually bring let's this go, up in my let's go point, back to so. the question so ryan you agree that pa- that palestinians might have some thoughts about unchecked immigration meaning they're not happy about it yeah oh, you agree they lost their that, right? they lost their country that's it's almost a facetious question they lost their country about it i'm just I wonder asking if that's an apples to apples or an apples to orange question you know, question but or a comparison but but i i, I get the point right okay. like Unchecked yeah, migration that was a bad situation for can can potentially lead to problems depending on all sorts of complicating factors. I think that's fair. I'm, I'm not disagreeing okay. with that point. Okay. All I wanted. All right, great. Woo-hoo. Ding ding. Good job, Josh. Um, okay, I'm moving on to Ryan's last question here. Josh, can we agree that there is no secret cabal driving the demographic change that is taking place in the U.S.? Okay. So we're coming back to this issue, right, on the issue of the cabal, because that is what underlies the Great Replacement, right? What advocates of this conspiracy theory think is happening is that there is a secret cabal of Jews and progressives who are trying to bring in racial and ethnic minorities to replace, quote unquote, native whites. First, anyone who thinks people of European ancestry are natives to North America is an asshole. Um, Europeans engaged in genocide to wipe out the vast majority of Native Americans. Native Americans are the only natives here. Okay, what's the statute of limitations? When can uh, I call myself an American? <laughs> you yeah. can call yourself an American. You're not a Native American. No, <laughs> like, we're period, not Native right? Americans. Native Americans. Second. The fact that they think there is a secret cabal driving demographic change that shows that these individuals are just purely ignorant. There is no need for a secret cabal. Literally, this is all about demographic forces. What can be debated, and this goes to Josh's last point, what can be debated here is whether shifting racial and ethnic percentages is a good thing. 
We can debate that, right? Like if, if people want to have that debate, I'm fine with that. But can we agree that there is no secret cabal of Jews and progressives driving this demographic change? Uh, no. Why do you think I brought the Jews up earlier? <laughs> they're they're going to the, the new world order. Yeah, 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 yeah. Something. <laughs> yes. I'm not aware of any secret cabal trying to destroy white people. It's totally unnecessary. If we want to debate the change, that's fine, but it's totally not necessary. It's just demographic forces, and it's pretty straightforward. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually – that's interesting you bring that up because what, what I'm seeing – well, uh, I guess this is leads into my third question. So I guess we'll wrap cool. this up. Go to my third question, and then okay. we'll kind of discuss this. All right. Ding, ding for Ryan, and we're going to move on to uh, Josh's third and final question. Ryan, would you agree that every couple of years the left comes up with some new straw man argument, which it uses to paint the right as a horrible, terrible, demonic entities bent on the destruction of civilization? Yes. Thank you. Because it's, <laughs> it's true. But doesn't the right do the same thing with the left? Well, uh, hey, come on. Come on. I, I gave you agreement. Just straight. Let me. Well, give me, give me. So I'll give you some examples of what exactly what I'm talking about, and then if you can match my examples, then I'll give you agreement, because you know I don't like to be partisan here. But so about ten years ago, I was told that I had declared war on women, right? That I, I hate women and I don't like their, you know, whatever. I don't even know what it was about, but I was told as a conservative that I had declared war on women. That was Who the told talking you point. It was you just, co- you mean just generically? You, you. Why did we stop talking for five years? You called me a misogynist multiple times, right? I don't know. Probably. You did. Okay. And then I was told that I want to control women's bodies. Really? I want to. I mean, I I have a wife and two daughters who are like the most important people in the world to me, but I have declared war on them and I want to control their bodies. Okay. This is what I'm told by the left. Um, And then I was told that I hate gay people, which is news to me. I guess I need to get rid of some of my friends and family members. Now I'm being told I hate trans people, which is, again, news to me. I need to get rid of some of my friends. Well, yeah. And, and now so, – To your point, Josh, Utah gets one of the lowest ratings on women's rights. And it's, yeah. ba- and it's based on a few factors, which is they have a low workforce representation, mm-hmm. right? And, and it makes this, this – so it's a kind of a weird thing, right? It's this angle of like, you hate yeah. women. But what you're like, well, we actually, it's because we have a lot of stay-at-home moms, and yeah. and on and you know, you could look at it from a perspective of, well, we're actually honoring women by letting them be moms because they want to be moms, and this that's and that, the problem. Right? That's why it's but, a weird it's, conflation. Yes, it's a weird conflation. I love my wife it's and I love my point. children, so my wife decided she wanted to stay home with my children. So I'm right. okay. That's what she decided. I didn't decide that for her. She wanted to do that. Now that our children are in school, she wants to go back to the workforce. But I was called a misogynist. Several times, uh, really just because I'm a conservative, but also because my wife wasn't working. And, well, how dare you not let her work? That's her okay, choice. Can we just be clear that I don't think I ever called you a misogynist <laughs> because you because Jessica wasn't working. And she was still working. Oh, she, was, you didn't, she was. You didn't call me a misogynist over her. You did call me a misogynist. Yeah, and, and but that was let, probably just because you were a conservative. Some right? general view. Yes. Over abortion okay. or something. I don't know. Right. Sure. Yes. Okay. okay. And, and let's touch on that really quick because I don't want to paint Ryan with a, a bad brush here because he was the bigger man in the end here. Okay. Ryan and I stopped talking for about five years, or give or take, because he – recycled these liberal talking points irreconcilable differences 
Well, look, not really. Okay. To, to win arguments, and this is what the left did and still does, they just say, well, you're a racist if you don't agree with me. You're a misogynist if you don't agree with me. You hate gay people if you don't agree with me. And then Ryan, to his credit, a couple of years ago, somebody that was further left than him said, you're not woke enough. You're, you're uh, what did they call you? You're a racist because you weren't as far left as them. Um, I mean, you should probably tell the story. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I claimed that smoking caused cancer. And this person said, why do you keep attacking me? Because I'm a smoker. And I was like, why are you not in touch with reality? And the person got physically aggressive with me over oh. this issue. Yeah, got oh. physically aggressive because I, I, I just literally said, you're yeah. laying out I mean, even the even the uh, yeah, even the cigarette manufacturers know that it causes yeah. cancer. Like everybody does. And this person's like, no, that's not true. It does not cause cancer. You're making that up. And why do you, why are you attacking me on this point? Hmm. And I was like, okay, you jumped the shark, right? Like you are so out of touch with reality that if this is that trajectory of wokeness where you can literally just make claims that are complete and utter bullshit, right? Like, no, smoking doesn't cause cancer because I smoke and I not I don't have cancer, right? So clearly it doesn't matter. And I was just like, no, we're done. I can't go down that path. I can't go down that path where I'm out of touch with reality. At the end of the day, there are certain things that are real, that are facts. And if we can't agree on those, then that's that's a problem. And that did lead me down the path of trying to reconcile with Josh and Danny and uh, other siblings where I was just like, hey, you know, we can still have conversations. We may disagree then, on some elements, but we and have to make conversations. Yeah. Because you, 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 you saw the error, the problem with just saying, well, Insulting if you don't agree people. with me. Yeah. If you don't agree with me, you're a racist. Yep. I, can't, I can't have a conversation if that's what you're going to do. Agreed. And, and I was, that was one of the best days of my life when I received that heartfelt letter from Ryan saying, sorry, that's not, that's not what I was trying to do. And now I see it. That's not helpful. And yeah. that's not helpful for the conversation. Ryan agrees with that. And now, now we're talking again, you know. Obviously, because you guys are listening to us. Good job, great. Ryan. Yeah, all props to Ryan because he re- reconciled that relationship. And I'm not saying I was uh, completely uh, not in the wrong, and I never insulted him. Um, but but this is a leftist thing to do to just paint anybody that you disagree with as a bigot because then yep. you get to claim the hor- the moral high ground, and people can't have a discussion with you. And I think that's what's happening right now. If if the, you the- disagree. Conspe- with- right that you if you have concerns about immigration yes you are now you're a, a racist you're, well you, you you're buying into replacement theory yep which then means you're racist yes that that's kind of the talking well not kind of that's the talking point with a lot of the leftist pundits right now and i had a video that i was thinking about playing but i don't want to hammer that anymore because i think you guys will agree that's not helpful to paint yeah, you know this this piece of crap that went and did the mass shooting in Buffalo. He's a psychopath. To paint everybody on the right as racists and people that buy into this white racial superiority thing, because one guy proved that he was a psychopath is not helpful. That I mean, yes, you get to claim the the moral high ground, but it doesn't doesn't help us fix this problem, and it's not accurate. Okay, because I've I've mentioned this before. Um, this is another Jordan Petersonism. The right knows when the people on the right go too far. Okay, we can call that out. When you become racist and start making these claims of racial superiority, the right will say no. I mean, the mainstream right says we don't agree with you. You're not. You're no longer a part of us. You've gone too far. Whereas the left has a much harder time 
saying when people on the left go too far, when obviously the left can go too far. So everybody on the right, uh, you know, the mainstream right looks at this guy and goes, you've gone too far. You're a racist. We don't like that. But, but the talking point on the left, this new one that they've come up with to gain the, the moral superior high ground is that we're all a bunch. If, if you have any problems with immigration, if you want to talk about it, if you see any concerns there, you're a racist. Can't I can't agree with that. Brian, where do you fall on that? Was there a question? I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm trying to remember what the question would, was. Would you agree that the left comes up with a new talking point every couple of years? Ben? Um, oh, well, I mean, I think I agree with the, that general sentiment. But uh, one, maybe it's just because of the media that I consume, right? I, I don't follow left-leaning media. I'm not watching MSNBC. I'm not reading The Nation. Um I haven't been seeing that talking point. Uh, I have seen the the demonization. I'm going to use that term, and it might be accurate. I don't know of Tucker Carlson because he has been yeah. advocating for great well, replacement theory. Well, that's part of it, right? It, and I think he's been mm, the term is terrible that came to mind. He's been whitewashing it, right? He's been like slimming it down a little bit so he's not making it blatantly racist, but he is talking about the idea um, behind it. And that means that it's it's a little bit more mainstream among conservatives than maybe we want to admit. I, I I don't know. I mean, I honestly don't know that, right? I think it's perfectly fine to have discussions about immigration. So if that's the issue, like, sure, let's have conversations about immigration. I don't have a problem with that. And I don't think calling people bigots over, you know, their position is effective. I, I we, We've already established Agreed. that. Very good. Um, but on the issue of... Um, I, I, yes, I think the right, this was the thought as you were saying this, I think the right recognizes this guy and I'm glad that we haven't named him. I don't even know his name. I think the media has done a really good job of not naming him because he doesn't deserve that. Right. Um, Yes. He clearly crossed the line when he went and shot people, but did he cross the line if he was just saying this stuff online? And I'm asking that from like a conservative perspective. Were conservatives condemning him when he was saying this just online? Or does it just cross the line when he's like, now I will go kill people? Well, uh, are you talking about about just in a freedom of speech? I think, right. It's not like he was saying. I I get that he's free to say that, but I don't think he was advocating violence in his manifesto. Um, No, but him saying there is a Jew progressive cabal to replace white people. Did he get called out by conservatives at that point saying, well, I don't think he he was a nobody, but, but but I don't, I don't see any, I I mean, there's some wacky stuff that the left throws out there by, by no namers. Right. And I don't think. Sure. Sure. I I get that. But what I'm saying is it seems like this is moving closer and closer to being acceptable to say among conservatives that there is a replacement thing going on. Um, Right. Possibly. I don't know. And I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it's moving closer to conservatives. I think both both sides are moving to, to the extremes. We've talked about this before as well. Yeah. Um, but but among mainstream conservatives, anybody I know hears that kind of whack job conspiracy theory is going to go, well, "Are you up in the night, buddy?" So yeah, he has the right to say that under the First Amendment. Right, I, I agree with but, that. But it's not acceptable to anybody that I know where he's going to be saying, you know, the, I, I I don't think this is a a widely accepted theory that that's kind of the, the the left's trying to say that everybody on the right is racist now and and we buy into this theory i don't think so 
but I don't, I don't know that for sure. I don't know how you would, would know that. Yeah. Well, um, can I, can I tie this back to my first point, which is, well, let's do, oh. uh, so Ryan, or it seemed like you, I mean, you kind of agree that the, the, the I, I agree that the left demonizes the right these, and they find right. ways to call them. Bigots. Find a, right. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I, uh, I agree with that. Uh, do you should we do kind of a closing argument idea thought and just sort of unwrap it all into that um yeah i mean i guess mine's going to be almost more of a question that i want to bring up i guess cool i like the discussion here this is a fun discussion because it because it loops back to my first point which um you know I, i went through those points clearly in a logical order in my mind but my first point was talking about the numbers, right? Just, and mm-hmm. I, I won't bore you again with the numbers, but you know, we're going from like 62-ish percent non-Hispanic white. Over the next 40 years, it's going to drop below 50%. So non-Hispanic whites will, in fact, be, will no longer be the majority yeah. in the U.S. They'll be the so largest the, race, racial group, but they right. won't be the majority. But yes. they won't be the majority, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, which is just like, it's going to happen, okay? Right. So the idea behind and it's not a replacement it's not like anybody's being replaced right but the idea behind a shrinking non-hispanic white population is real right like like that's real sure um so i'm bringing that back because i i want us to wrestle with the idea of like the great replacement conspiracy theory is that it's intentional and of course, right. we've all agreed, like, it's not intentional. No one's doing that intentionally. But there is an element of truth behind the idea, uh, because there is migration. And there is, you know, migrants have more kids than people who have been here for a while. Okay. And that's a big factor that contributes to this is the average number of kids that first generation migrants have is higher than people who have been here for multiple generations. Yeah. So that's why you get, you know, minority populations are growing faster than the non-minority populations. Um, what, what's your guys' thought on that particular issue? Um, well, go ahead. So we, we talked about this when we talked about voter suppression. Um, I, I, I almost, I should have found the clip. If I had more time, I, I would have found the clip where we found common ground on that one. Cause you, you said uh, the right is trying to suppress uh, you know, minorities and stuff from voting. Uh, and I said, well, the left does the same thing. Both parties are going to do whatever they can to get more votes. And that's that's one of the yeah. big issues here is the right is accusing the left of opening the borders so that they can bring in all these immigrants to to keep them in office, right? So if that's true, and, and I believe to a point it is, because you actually agreed it was uh, in that when we talked about that, the left does want immigrants coming in and they want it easier for people to vote because they think they're going to be the ones voting for them. Well, I I would modify that. I don't know that the left necessarily wants more people coming in, but they definitely want migrants who are here to be registered to vote because there is a proclivity for some of them to vote left for a variety of reasons. But the 2016 and 2020 elections actually suggested that's not true anymore. Right. Which is which is the funny part about this? The largest uh, conservative Shifts. base is is Latino, or the largest yeah. well, uh, the biggest shift. In conservatives, yeah, yeah. It's in Latinos. particular, that biggest yes. shift was actually Hispanic uh, individuals, Hispanic Latino, however you want to, or Latinx, whatever you want to say. And there was actually a big shift among Black uh, voters in the U.S. Yeah. as well, voting for Trump. Yeah. So how Biden won was not with either of those groups. Those groups actually moved towards. 
Trump. But, right? Well, it's I think like he didn't actually win. I think the majority. Oh, I think the majority is still voting left, but there yes, was a bigger but, shift. but there was a bigger shift. Yeah, that's, that's why the whole thing's so funny because the the right is accusing the left of opening the borders to bring in voters, and the left is going. The left is going. Well, we want we want all these new uh, migrants because they're going to vote for us. Well, they're they're both kind of wrong. They're both wrong. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 kind of a funny thing. So if you want to say there is a push to uh, to replace white people, uh, you, you could make the argument that there is, but it's not a racially motivated thing. It's a political thing. It's just politics. Of, of course, Democrats are going to try to bring in whoever they can to keep Democrats in power. Yeah, but do you think that's, that's actually what's driving their migration policies? Uh, I don't I, think it is. I think for some of it is because I don't think they actually know what they're doing. I think it. I think they think that if we can get all these immigrants in here, they'll be grateful for us because we pushed for it and they'll vote for us. I think some of them are really that stupid. I, I think that's the case. I, I'm not positive. That's just my gut feel on he, that. This is my. This this is part of my kind of closing. Tommy's take stuff that I'll get into is that I think, cause yes, I don't think there's some cabal, right. That's like, Oh, we're going to do this. But I do think there's an inherent motive, natural motivation to bring people in. Right. And I think everyone knows that. And, and it's, this, it's, it's, it's what Charles is talking about that the, the voter rights or the voter, um, the, the voting laws uh, thing is the same argument of like, we they want minorities and especially immigrants and things to be able to vote as because they will most likely vote uh for democrats and so i because i do i found the arguments for the wall to be very they were very weird in that they were like oh man that wall is you know democrats are like that wall is expensive oh we can't we can't buy that wall i'm like oh this is the first time we've ever been concerned about money right and it was like 20 billion dollars didn't we spend like we spent billions on like a rail gun research right that we that never became but but all of a sudden we were concerned about it i'm like really and then and the environment issue i'm like i get the environment because it's a great talking point but you're like okay what about all the you know the thousands of miles of freeways we built everywhere right no one's batting an eye but it's like all of a sudden all the other like, fences that everybody's fenced their lands yeah, with. Yes. Yeah. And it was like, and so I'm like, they just don't want it. I think one, they didn't want it because Trump wanted it. And, and it was a good, it was a good, had a lot of political ammunition in it. And two, it was, they want people coming across the borders. Right. And not because of a conspiracy or some article or some memo that went out. Right. Just because everyone knows, right. It's the same thing with the voter, um, like the voter suppression laws, right. That they're fighting against. Uh, it's they want they want minorities in the country and they want them voting and because that's going to help them. And I just don't think. And so where I was going to go is with QAnon. I don't think um, QAnon. QAnon. Or, yeah, yeah. QAnon. QAnon. Um, you can tell I'm a I'm a dedicated member. You're uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're um, out of the club, Tom. Because and I and I do think this support sort of Josh's point earlier is that like QAnon has been QAnon has been uh, uh, villainized as well and really thrown out there as this weird weird thing. Now, but if you break it down, right, it's like, do I believe that the government is corrupt? Oh yeah. Right. I, I totally do. Right. I believe there's a lot of corruption in the government right now. A hundred percent. Right. Um, do I believe that there's probably powerful groups that exploit children? Uh, yeah. I've seen the Jeffrey Epstein thing. Right. I'm like, one hundred percent. That's 
I think you, we would all agree somewhere that's probably happening. And, uh, and unfortunately, and uh, definitely do, do, you know, those things are probably happening. Do I think like, you know, but like, then, but that, so like, but they, because I saw a lot of articles that said a lot of Republicans believe in QAnon theory. And I'm like, well, yeah, to some extent, probably, you know, but then you get into this weird stuff of like, because they'll all, if you see a news article, they'll always throw, and then they believe that they're, they're lizard people, right? And they're sacrificing children. And you're like, yeah, <laughs> there's probably a small group that believes that, but you just threw it all in together to make it look absolutely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And, and then it, and it seems like, and then it seems like this outrageous thought, weird club that, that is totally uh, perverse, right? And you're like, oh, those guys are crazy. And you're like, yeah, that's maybe like two to three percent that are like way on the fringe that you just threw in, and now everyone's everyone's a bunch of weirdos, right? And I just like that that seems to happen a lot. I saw yep. that happen with the Tea Party when the Tea Party first emerged. They be they were branded as very violent. I remember watching an NPR article where they kept quoting, and they're like, oh, and we heard from this guy, and he's an ex felon, blah 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 blah, and they kept like these guys are like distrustful. Blah, blah. There was nothing, but you know, the, the tea party was totally benign, but they got painted with a really rough brush. And I, th- I do feel like to kind of, to Josh's point, that happens a lot with the media, like, Oh, Q, Q and, and now it's, Oh, replacement theory. And uh, you know, like these, these uh, conservatives are just crazy. And it's like, th- is there is some truth and there is something, is it a cabal that's like meeting secretly? No, in robes in the middle of the forest. No, of course, I don't think that's happening, but it's like, but it would uh, be cool, but no. <laughs> yeah, it would make a great story. But like, yeah, it's, but I mean, is there truth there? Yeah, I think there's some truth there, but it's like, you know, uh, uh, I just don't think it's as organized or intentional as, as, as the, as you know, what it's being presented as. Anyway, yeah. that's, that's sort of more of my take. Uh, uh, Josh, I want to hear your, I want to hear your, your thoughts. Your... I think you just nailed it. You, you really oh, just nailed it. Great. That, that's the, wow. You seem disappointed that I'm agreeing with you. Well, uh, I'm like, I'm the moderator, right? right. I will, <laughs> uh, Josh, you're not doing that here. Let me take over. Uh, um, it's that weird conflation that you just described. That's, that's the problem. Okay. Are there neo-Nazis out there that are about racial superiority? Absolutely. Are they the, these majority no they're probably less i mean they're less than one percent i think they're just a few of them um so then you, you get this uh whole thing with immigration right and like tom said well there's some stuff we should discuss here there's some problems here let's let's discuss it and then the the leftist media uh the leftist politicians they blow this up and conflate it and and because anybody that uh, has a problem with immigration, well, now they go, oh, you all must believe in this uh, replacement theory thing. You're all racist. And they've been throwing out numbers in the media like 60% of Republicans are racist. Well, no, 60% of Republicans said that they have problems with you know, illegal immigration. And then they just conflate it and say, well, you're all racist. What? This is, this is crazy talk. Uh, it's so... The, the conflation that Tom just described, and he did a better job of describing it than I am, um, it's absurd. The the trucker thing up in Canada, like one trucker beat up a guy. So in, suddenly the entire movement became a bunch of violent Not truckers, violent. right? Right. This false conflation that they do is disgusting. Um, 
so the media has been painting me as a conservative, as a racist. And uh, right before we started, I was talking to my buddy, Jeff, shout out to Jeff. Uh, I said, Hey, I got to go. I got to go prepare for the podcast. He said, what are you talking about tonight? And I said, uh, replacement theory. Have you ever even heard of it? Cause I really didn't know anything about it. And he said, I have no idea what that is. And I said, well, a- apparently since we're conservative, we hate immigrants. And he said something along the lines of, well, I guess most of the guys at work are no longer my friends. And I said, yeah, uh, the party I'm going to this weekend to watch the UEFA Champions League, Champions League soccer final, um, I guess I can't go because it's with two immigrants. <laughs> like, I, guess, I guess I hate immigrants now. That, that's what I'm being told. And it's silly. Yeah, well, but it, it, just it, like you're saying, you know, the, the liberal media or whatever is – blowing up that there's a tiny percentage of people and i've actually got some numbers that we'll come back to a tiny percentage of people who who believe this can we can we actually say the same thing on the left right i'm i'm not out there going like every republican now hates migrants that is the problem you're not i'm not doing that like we have the vast majority of people i know are not. joe biden just did uh nancy pelosi just did chuck schumer just did okay so prominent that's why I said it's not just leftist media. Of course, MSNBC is going to be doing it because that's what they do. But we have people in the government. These are people in Yeah, but we have positions. people in the government doing the exact same thing on the other sure. side. Sure. Well, so, uh, give me some examples. Uh, pick any Ron DeSantis, Donald Trump, or what did, what did Marco Rubio. Like or any one of them is like. Uh, uh, I'm not saying they don't. Right. But, uh, I'm just saying like, it, this goes on both sides. Um, can I, can I throw in some numbers? And I think these are like, get to your point, Josh and, and Tom, right. That you're like, Oh, you know, the media is conflating QAnon. So I actually know the director of PRRI. He's a good, good researcher. Right. And they did a survey. I should look at when this was. Um, let me just get a, uh, Oh, nice. February 24th, 2022. So they were trying to measure QAnon beliefs, and they have, I think, a good kind of representation of this. So you tell me if you think this makes sense, and it actually kind of agrees with you. I think it it complicates it a little bit, but it kind of agrees with you. So the first question they asked, um, do you agree with this, right? The government, media, and financial worlds in the U.S. are controlled by a group of Satan-worshipping pedophiles who run a global child sex trafficking right. operation. Exactly. They asked that of a large representative sample of Americans. Okay? okay. 5% completely agree. So right. to your point about this being a small percent, I think you're right, but 11% mostly agree. Mm. Okay. Um, and then you get 20% who mostly disagree and 60% who completely disagree. So it's not like this is a huge widespread thing, right. but it's not 1%. It's like 5% who are fully on board with the U.S. are controlled by a group of Satan worshiping pedophiles. Right. Okay? Then they asked a second. So I've got three questions here that I think are pretty good, right? Second question. There is a storm coming soon that will sweep away the the elites in power and restore the rightful leaders. Okay. That one, 6% completely agree. 16% mostly agree. So we're actually talking about like 22% of Americans. Right. Okay. And then the third one, because things have gotten so far off track, true American patriots may have to resort to violence in order to save our country. 5% completely agree. 13% mostly agree. So, your thoughts on that, right? Because I, I think it kind of supports your point, but complicates it a little bit that there is sympathy for some of these ideas. 
And the questions were not really vague ones of like, do you think there's corruption right. in the government? No, it's straight up Satan worshiping pedophile <laughs> stuff. Okay? No, but yeah, but like when I went to to say mostly because the problem is it's mostly agree versus yes, mostly well, completely agree, mostly agree, mostly disagree, and completely right. disagree. But but like both, I think we all agreed there's some corruption in the government. So it's like mm-hmm. I would be in the mostly agree camp. Yeah, me too, right? Which makes on it Satan sound... worshiping pedophiles who run a global child sex trafficking. It's, it's not. It's not clear what what mostly agree means. There's right. too much. There's too much gray area there. Yeah, yes, I think some of exactly. these guys are really bad. Uh, a lot of them are clearly uh, sex traffickers. You know. <laughs> right. So yeah. No, I, no like I, like on. I said, is there a Jeffrey? Ep- is there a Jeffrey Epstein? Another Jeffrey Epstein going on in in the upper echelons of the U.S. government? I have no doubt in my mind that there's some nasty corruption going on. But like, so I kind of in 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 that in that mostly agree. But like, are you two genuinely telling me that you mostly agree that the government, media, and financial worlds in the U.S. are controlled by a group of Satan worshiping pedophiles? Who run a global but child sex trafficking organization? The way, saying, the way you're asking that is, is exactly proving my point, right? Yes. Do I agree with some port, like to some degree of that? Yeah. But like the way you put it, yeah, that makes it sound crazy. No, I don't agree that there's That's a the problem. Satan worshiping cult, right? I know. I don't agree. I do selfish. Okay. So where there. would you put yourself? You're, you're clearly not completely agree. You're not even mostly agree. It's probably right. mostly disagree. With maybe right. and mostly a d- disagree some, allows for some some portion of agreement. Yes. Okay. So you but would that, put yourself that in mostly wasn't disagree. in the survey, right? So it's like, well, it is no. So it's completely agree, mostly agree, mostly disagree, and completely right. disagree. That's, but that's so vague. I'm no, it's so vague. How is that vague? It is vague. It is. I'm sorry, that's super vague. Because I, honestly, I, if I had to, if I had to say one or the other, I'd say mostly agree versus yeah, over mostly too. disagree. And that makes it that throws me way over in the crazy camp. And yeah. uh, that's the problem uh, with that kind of survey. Do I agree that it's an actual cabal and they wear hoods and they have a meeting under the Capitol building? No. And that's what that makes it sound like. Do I agree right. that some of these people worship themselves and are really, really bad people? Yes. Do I agree yeah. that, that, that a lot of them uh, are pedophiles? Yeah. Okay. I, when I but said sex traffickers, because I actually, so you've heard uh, of deep, you've heard of deep state, right, Ryan? Right? Sure, I've heard deep the state. idea of deep state. I, sure. I totally believe there's a concept of deep state, right? Like that there are mishandlings um, within the government that are that are trying to keep itself in power, right? That that is concerned with keeping them itself in power and um, and doing what it needs to to stay in power. I totally believe that, right? That there's corruption in the government. Yes, that's that's what okay, it, but, that, that's any I mean, deep state. So it's like you take that and you and you 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 could run with it, right? And then they're probably powerful people, and they probably can abuse their power, right? It's like, yeah, I, I it's a like once you've seen Jeffrey Epstein and like what he was doing. Yeah. You know okay, that he wasn't in. All over the I place. get that he wasn't in government. He was a big financier, but, but he had friends who were in government. Yeah, right. Bill so right. they Bill were Clinton. part of this cabal. Bill Clinton, Clinton Prince when, Andrew were all. I know. Yep, I'm aware of all of that. I'm just and saying. Even Bill, even Bill Gates. Let's throw our Bill Gates right. in there. And you had yeah. you had no problem calling Trump, you know, a sexual deviant and a pervert, which yeah, he is. But I, I saw a picture that was purportedly pulled off of Hunter Biden's laptop, one of his missing laptops, of Joe Biden naked fondling you know, some young girl. Okay. And I don't know if it was real. 
but he he has been accused of of this kind of crap. Okay, so I think most of these guys are perverts. And you look at the, somebody today was talking about. I was listening to a podcast. He's talking about Chappaquiddick, right? Where that douchebag Kennedy got drunk, uh, crashed his car, killed this lady, yeah. right? You're yeah. familiar with the situation, Kennedy? Ted Kennedy. Yeah. Um, and she yeah. was was she a prostitute or something? I don't remember. No, he was just a girl he met at a party. Okay, but but he basically killed her and he got away scot free. These guys have so much power; they don't they're not liable to anybody. It's shocking. So, do I sound like a, a crackpot? talking about that chappaquiddick it happened no no but i mean that that like you're literally describing something that's real right but the maybe the second two questions maybe the second two questions are like a little bit more loosey-goosey but seriously a group of satan worshiping pedophiles and you're like yeah i mostly agree with that right Uh, that's what i'm saying like that sounds crazy to me like well that's why crazy stuff guys It's, it's it's the problem with the question yeah. Okay. There's so exactly. much, you know, there, there's so many different ways to interpret that. You, you, you're agreeing with everything that we said, but <laughs> you would sure you would, I understand. So Ryan, no, where like, would how you is put, there, how is there you put yourself on that scale? How would you would say mostly disagree? Yeah. No, completely disagree. Right. You because would say completely I, disagree. I, I cannot understand how there's gray area over Satan worshiping pedophiles who control everything. Okay. Like as soon as you put that in, like, crazy flashing lights should go off and you're like that's crazy talk okay, now if you want to say then tell me what most corruption in the government or fine, mostly disagree tell me that. what that means what does that mean to say i mostly disagree with that because then, in your mind you're saying that this is exactly what they are well how can i mostly agree i mean that's why the question's vague what does mostly mean to you that you agree with most of what they're saying so maybe you agree that there's like a group of pedophiles who run this, or maybe you agree that there's just an elite group of people who are running the government media and financial worlds. And they're probably into diddling kids, right? Like maybe you agree with parts of that, but you disagree with some of it. So in my I mind, should say though, completely like, disagree unless it's exactly what they describe. That's yeah. what you're saying. Right? That, that's the problem with these questions because you're interpreting it as this is exactly what you're agreeing yeah. with. And, and if Tom it's not hundred percent that, then I have to say completely disagree. That's the problem with a lot of these right? polls. That's Depends interesting. On- I, I'm, I'm actually, I, again, I'm a survey researcher. So in my mind, I don't understand how anybody could even remotely agree with this. But the fact that you interpret the question differently is useful for me to know. And I may reach out to Bob Jones, the director here and say, hey, I actually got some useful qualitative feedback on your questions. Right. And this might be why you're getting the numbers that you are. Totally. Um, totally. I think the numbers are are pretty inflated. That sounds super inflated to me. And I'd be interested to see what kind of numbers he pulled off a similar poll off of, off what we're talking about today, the replacement thing. Um, because I believe that, that the, I mean, I don't know this, but I can't imagine them. It's very many people that think there's actually a cabal of people out there that are all about uh, replacing white people. That That's pretty crazy. But, but yeah. to my point earlier, yeah, there are people that are pushing for immigration and, and, and there are people in the in this country. I this is part of the video I had earlier. They're pretty happy about this idea of replacing white people with with brown people or something. Oh, this is going to be a great day when we have more minorities. Okay, that that's a thing that's happening. So to- it's it's a thing that's happening, but I don't think anybody is thinking about it that way. I don't think anybody's like, I want fewer white people. No, in there the US, there are right? there are. I could find you several people on the news that said this is going to be. I I listened to a, a montage today. 
where there were several reporters on like CNN saying this is this is going to be a great day when whites are no longer the minor- the majority. Okay. Really? Weird. Yeah. Um, I've seen it celebrated as like, aha, uh-huh, they're we're turning brown and man, and they're kind of like a mocking way to mock that that Republicans or whites are afraid of this, right? And they're like, ha, ah, we're turning brown and that's that's stick it to them kind of a thing. I've seen and that too. I, I've seen that in a sort of celebratory tone. Well, um, I, I heard one lady today, a, a reporter on CNN, she was saying the browning of America is going to be great because then everybody will be represented and, and the demographics will be proper and white men will no longer have power. Like, um, okay, okay. So would it be fair okay, to say... Crazy lady. So here's the other the, the second point I want to get in my take was uh, was this like because uh, Ryan's question was that this the replacement theory is racist and is it fair to say because I I would go away from racism more to cultural right that your culture is being changed and that's what's concerning and my point is that it's not racist because I've never seen a black person kicked out of a Trump rally right. It's like they, in fact, they stick them up in front, right behind Trump, right? To show like, hey, look, there's black people that vote for, (laughs) and they have a sign that says blacks for Trump. They're like, I'm a minority and I vote for Trump, right? They're very vocal about it in that they're, it's a cultural thing, right? People don't want their culture changed. And I think it's a very real issue in France in that, um, you know, they have people that don't speak their language that are, you know, these Nigerians and Algerians, right? That are coming and are, are very different and have a very different culture and they don't look like f- the, the French culture at all. Right. And I think that's a, that's a concern they have. Right. And that they're like um, French are losing their culture. Right. There's like this whole m- program. If you'll go and live in an old French town, they'll like subsidize your rent or pay for it. No, they're serious. They're serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I know yeah. what you're talking about. And yeah. they're trying to, cause everyone's moving into the cities and abandoning the culture. Right. They're leaving, like the old farm towns and stuff like that. And, and they're concerned about keeping their culture. Um, that's, I think that's, I think that's a similar thing that, uh, that, uh, that, um, you know, Americans, um, white Americans are probably concerned with is their culture changing and we're becoming a very different country than the one that they grew up in. And I don't think there's anything wrong with being concerned about like that because, you know, you're like, well, I, this is how I knew this became a great country when I was growing up, now it's changing. Therefore, you know, we're, it, it could be bad, right? Or it's unknown or it's scary, right? I don't know, but like. Let, let, let me throw this question out there because I got the, uh, I read through most of that New Yorker article that Ryan posted earlier because mm-hmm. I really had no idea what we were talking about tonight. Um, but they, they mentioned in that article um, that dis- we, we, dis- we celebrate distinct cultures, right? And the left is really worried about cultural appropriation and we shouldn't steal from these cultures. Uh, you know, the, the diversity of different cultures is a good thing. Well, how does that, uh, the, how do you justify replacing, you know, American Americans and American culture with immigrants? Okay. And, and this is, a, do, you, do you understand the, the I weird, do. the weird yes, I, I, no, I'm I controversy of the question? Um, okay. Let me, let me see if I can, I'm not necessarily trying to push back. I'm trying to get some clarification. Well, this is this is right. a question because right. that's what it said in the in the New Yorker article. Right. We should celebrate cultures, but then we're going I, and, to and I I get what you're saying. Homogenize this culture. The, one, um, 
Oh, I see. As, as, a, as a sociologist, I think I would say, I don't know that there is a universal American culture. There are many cultures inside the U.S. Uh, the but two, it is. And that, that's kind of, I mean, I wasn't going to bring that up, but I think we need to bring that up, that we're all, except for the Native Americans, right? A bunch of immigrants. Uh, but, but to kind of go to Tom's point, like what parts of the culture are we worried about changing? Right. So if, if, cause I see your point, like, and I said this in my points earlier that like, if we want to have a discussion about shifting demographics, I think that's perfectly fine. Let's just not call it a cabal of Satan worshiping pedophiles or whatever. Right. Like no one's doing that in, on purpose. The question is, is it a good thing or a bad thing? And what I want to know specifically is like, what parts of your culture are you worried about changing? Cause that's what I think I need to understand if I'm going to understand why people are worried about this. What are you worried about? That's and that's a, a question. question. That's a question. Because right? the way the way the, the the leftist talking heads are framing it is it's all about race and skin color, which is why I had that conversation with my my buddy about not being able to go hang out with my brothers in law this weekend because they're both immigrants. It has nothing to do with skin color. No nobody that I know cares what skin color people have when they immigrate here. Okay, it is but to, Ryan's, toss that to Ryan's point. Yeah, to Ryan's point. What is it? It's about what they're bringing. They're um, okay. So the, the, the good things and the bad. The good things. My my two brothers in law. They love soccer. Bring it. I agree. I love it. We're all, I, have, I think we're all on board with that. Right. We're I all have big more fans in common with them than I have with most people here because because of that. Because you could care um, less about baseball and football and basketball. You'd rather watch soccer. Pretty much. So there are good things that, and and this is the experiment of America. We, we try to take the good things and assimilate those. Um, so what are the bad things? What are we worried about changing? That's a genuine question because I'm not sure I understand it. See, it hmm. This is uh, a really so, awkward uh, silence. Well, no, I haven't I'm, really thought about it in that I'm sense. Gonna, I'm going to think, uh, like the one that comes to mind that I think that and I'm saying I'm more saying this that what I've observed is people like um, uh, a reverence for the country, for the flag, right, and for like what it stands for, and like that's like that's been a culture that like we we uphold it and we honor it and we and reverence it, and then the the culture has been changing, right? There's this uh, another culture that's like they don't care about the flag, and you know that that. Cinco de Mayo is celebrated at my school more than like, um, you well, know, that's a big deal during the 4th of July. I mean, to be fair, sure, right? sure. Yeah, but like, so it's, it's a big deal at the school and it's like, oh, we're going to learn about this. And that's fine. Right. But it's like, but it, it is, it does it start replacing the culture, right? It's the whole, that's, I'd say well, it's, it's replacing, it's a replacement. Let, let me extrapolate that just a little bit. Cause I like, I like that thought. Um, and, and it bugs me on a personal level. When when people come here, when my brother-in-law, who's from Paraguay, when he we uh, the Paraguay and the U.S. played in soccer a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. so we went. I guess he was cheering for Paraguay, Paraguay. but he's he's an American. Well, that kind of bugs me when you when when the U.S. plays Mexico because it's a huge soccer rivalry. When they play here in the U.S., Mexico usually has more fans. Okay, that that bugs oh. me as an American well, soccer fan. You're American right. now. Freaking support well, the American team. I look at you as an American. Why are you huh. cheering for Mexico? Come on. Well, that, okay. that bugs me, but it's kind of right. trivial. 
It, okay. Um, I, I, and I'm, I'm actually really interested. I'm going to add to that. I play soccer, you know, regularly with some, some guys, one guy at work, he's from Columbia. He's an American, right? He's, he's been, you know, a citizen now he's been a citizen for decades. Mm-hmm. Uh, the U S played U S men's national team played Columbia right by my house, right. In the Raymond James yeah. stadium. We both went to the game, not knowing that he was going to the game. Right. So we went separately and then talked about it afterwards. And of course he was rooting for Columbia. It didn't bother me. I'm intrigued why it bothers you. Right. Because, Tom, you have German heritage. Right. Uh, Josh and I are crazy mutts. I don't even know who we could claim our heritage is genuinely. Right. There's like Scottish, there's French. It's all over the place. But if um, if if somebody's like an Irish American and they're totally a fan of the Irish, like, are we going to fault them for that? I, I told you I'm, I'm just not sure I, yeah I, mean, I, I agree I, I'm, I recognize that I'm just so, intrigued by like to support why that like I had I once got after a couple girls that were that I worked with they'd moved from California and I supervised them and they moved from California and they were bagging on Utah mm-hmm. and I was like and they were going on about Utah sucks and this and that and I was like we guys, you did move from you from California why did you move from California you're like oh because this and this and this and this and you're like yeah, okay well Utah's exactly. not that bad, right? Or like the whole, you know, the whole, you came here for a number of reasons and left California for a number of reasons, right? And you're like, it's not that bad, right? It must be decent enough that you moved here. And it's sort the of problem. the same, same theory. Of, I think it's the same idea. If someone, I think, I, I actually don't care if someone vote like roots for another team, but I do, if you're here, you came here because it was probably better than where you came from. And therefore you should have some sense of, it's a national, it's a probably a nationalism thing, right? Of like, I do think America is a great, is a great country. And, uh, and I think, uh, you know, it, it like you came here and then you're going to like wave another flag. You're like, well, what yeah. are you doing? Why'd you come here? It, it, it's almost like a, a gratitude thing for me. Cause I had this yeah. argument with a friend of mine where I was like, yeah, I, I went to this uh, area and they were flying Greek flags. I'm like, we're in America. What are you doing? And that's okay that you love your heritage. That's good. I actually like that. You should respect your roots and love your heritage. But you, like Tom said, you came here because you thought you had a better chance here than you did where you were at. And I, I don't want to get too personal with some people here. Um, can't, don't you have any gratitude uh, for the country that took you in? And allowed you the opportunity to pursue life, liberty, and happiness. You, it's, yeah. it's a lack of yeah. again. It's it, almost trivial, but it does. It reeks of ingratitude to me. No, totally. it, it if, just if Elon me. Musk came here and was if he was bagging on America all the time, right? He came from South Africa. I would. Yeah. That would really bother me, right? You'd be like, huh. you came here and did all this amazing stuff, and like, and now you're you're pissing all over like everything they brought you. But like, it's the same idea. Um, so like I think I think you should be happy wherever you go, right? And uh, and and anywhere. And if you decide to move, you know, whatever. But like, be happy that you're here, right? And if you go back, okay. be happy you're there. So so hypothetical, the two of you move to Mexico. Yeah. And the U.S. men's national team plays Mexico six months after you move. Totally right. I get which I know which going. side do you sit on? Right, well, Mexico for? for sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's see, a fair I think both of you would totally root for the U.S. Still, Pro- awesome. probably, yeah, yeah, probably. Okay. probably, but maybe. I don't what know. if it's your kids thirty years from now? Now, right. do you think your kids should be supporting Mexico? Right, and they never even lived in the United States. Right, and, uh, you see what yeah. I'm saying? So, yeah, totally. well, it's a great argument. Give it some time. 
and give uh, it some time. Live it, let it assimilate, let everyone right. assimilate. I, well, that that's more part of the problem because you move like that Greek area I was talking about, or like a Chinatown or something. Sure. When when a lot of migrants move to a certain area and take it over, they're not assimilating, which is that's problematic. Because if you're here and you're not learning the language, okay, that's a huge problem here. Uh, speaking Spanish, like especially as a white guy, that's a pretty remarkable skill because there's a lot of people here that don't speak English. So you need to yeah. speak Spanish to them. That's that's problematic when you don't assimilate. When when your country is, uh, you know, I mean, you, you see what I'm saying. Not assimilating is very problematic. We okay. we want you here, but you right. need to assimilate. You need to learn the language. You need to get a job. That's okay. That's great. But when you say assimilate, and again, I'm just, I'm not trying to like poke right holes now. or anything. This I'm is, trying to get deep, deep into this, right? Mm-hmm. Which parts do they have to assimilate? Because you also said we should allow them to celebrate their culture. Sure. Right. So they, sh- they, should. they get to keep their culture. They get to, but culture includes language. Culture includes values. Culture includes beliefs. That, well, that is what culture is. So when you say assimilate, and the, the same arguments are made all over Europe, right? And all over right. different places that are getting immigration is, okay, yeah. we'll allow you in, but you got to assimilate. Which parts do they have to assimilate? Uh, let me give you a negative. If you look at uh, the riots that just happened in Sweden, all over the country, they were they were uh, perpetrated yeah, by this. Uh, Muslims, right? Yes. Because some... there was a guy who was going to burn a Quran? Yes. Is that the one? There, yes. yes. Okay. There was this very small group of, you know, same people we've been talking about, these far right douchebags that are racist, and they they don't like all of the Muslims moving up there. So they said they were going to burn a Quran. So the Muslims uh, did the worst thing possible. They started riots and started burning down cities, right? Going, no, we are peaceful. Burn them down. Um they're not assimilating, right? That that's very problematic. Okay, so but when, what specifically? Like, what do they need to assimilate? Is it the language? Is it the values? Is it respect uh, for freedom of speech? More, is it like more the constitution? Okay, if it's if there's no freedom of speech, if I can't bash your religion, you're if you come here, you want to be Muslim, cool, good on you. But if I can't say anything about uh, Muhammad or something, or you're going to burn my house down, you've not assimilated because this is America and we can say whatever we want, dude. Okay, if if you're not going to follow the constitution, freedom of speech, freedom of religion. If you're going to be intolerant of my religion, um, if, I, I think that's what you need to assimilate. And if you're, I mean, you don't have to speak English. I know plenty of people here that don't speak English. I, I know them, but it mm-hmm. sure helps. You, you know, why are, why are you here? Well, why did you come here? Okay. To pursue the American dream, I, I believe. So maybe you should assimilate to what follows after that in the constitution. You know, we say, you're here to pursue life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Well, maybe you I, better be down with the Constitution. I get what you're saying, Ryan, because, yes, it's hard to distinguish. Because, like and, – and because I'll give you an example that supports your point of, like, I have a neighbor, doesn't speak English, um, super nice guy, so so grateful to be here. And uh, and he talks about that a lot, uh, you know, in his, in his very broken English. And – but here's – and so, like – is he ever going to learn English? Probably not, right? You no, know? it's first generation. It's really hard first to learn a language totally. as an adult. It's really but hard. I, I respect that he likes that you, he, he's very happy to be here, right? And that's why I'm like, oh, you're okay, right? Yeah. You're okay. But we uh, love but that. that guy over there, right? And, but he, and, and I, the, the funny thing is, is I like him because I can tell he's trying to take on the culture. But if there was another guy that 
didn't and might speak English, but was very disdainful of our culture, I would be upset at him. Right. But what's that line? Right. That's, you know, he's like, he's, he's more assimilated than my neighbor, but like, it's like, uh, you know, so it's, it's almost like a, a you know, in, in this, it sounds, it kind of sounds bad, right? It's like a very nationalistic point of view of like, you want someone to come here. You want them to respect, be happy. They're here, be grateful. They're here. Be, you act like a guest, right. That rather than, uh, you know, uh, maybe a good, a, be a good guest. Maybe it's, do you want to be an American or are you just here using us? Are you just right. here using yes. our economy? Yeah. Are you, are you just like, here for a paycheck or do you yeah. want to be an American? Yeah. If exactly. You want to be an American? Awesome. We love okay, you. But what does that here. mean? No, I, know. I already it's said totally... there are many cultures here, right? There are many cultures in the U S mm-hmm. you've got the Amish, the Amish are American, right? Yeah, sure. Is that the culture that we, we are demanding or is it, well, um, it can be because they no, want to be American. I think that's what Ryan what Josh hit on the head is like, is that you, if you feel like you're grateful to be there, because like, that's what I was saying. If Elon Musk was like, this place sucks, right? I'd be like, dude, you got rich here because of us, right? You came to the, you, because he's, he's, he's basically acknowledged that he couldn't have done what he did in South Africa, right? right? And, and then, yeah. Um, and, and that makes you even because, yeah, you're like, oh, yeah, he, he recognizes that this is a great country and he has these opportunities that he wouldn't have anywhere else. And, he, and by if he didn't acknowledge that or was disdainful of that, I would that would really rub me the wrong way. And I would feel like he wasn't trying or like I don't even know if it's a culture thing. It's almost like a gratitude thing. I think I almost like um, and that might, that might be it. it's like that we don't feel like we don't like people that come in and aren't grateful to be here. Right. Uh- let me is that, is that racist? I don't, I don't think it's racist, but I think it's a cultural. You definitely, because I, I even sympathize, and this sounds horrible. I even sympathize when people are like, go back to the country you came from when they're not speaking English, right? It's the same vein, right? But, it, it, but that comes off as very racist, right? Because you're like, you're not speaking the language. And I think it's more like they're not trying you know, the, an immigrant comes over, they don't even try to learn the language. And then, and then, and it, it pisses people off. Right. I would never do that. I don't, I, I get, cause I've lived in a foreign country and tried to learn the language. Right. It's like, I get yeah. it. Uh, it's hard. I, but mm-hmm. I think that's going too far, but I, I am definitely going too far. I am I, like, I can sympathize with that. Right. That like, I understand like that same thinking. Right. I think I've got the same, but I'm just a little bit more uh, level headed about it. But like, it's a, I think it's a natural, um, it's a, it's a natural feeling. Um, let me complicate it a little further. Uh, I heard one of these, that same CNN lady I was, I was listening to earlier. She said, you know, America is founded on racism and it's the most racist country and, and it's terrible. And when, when, when conservatives hear stuff like that, whether it's true or not, and that's obviously not, it's not the most racist country ever. That's just a dumb thing to say. But the, you know, where so many conservatives fall on that is, well, then leave if it's so terrible. Okay. And again, it comes back to the gratitude thing. If you like being here, then, then maybe show some gratitude for the good stuff. That's not to say that there aren't bad things that happen and things that we couldn't do better. Of course not. That's not what we're saying. But if it's so bad here, then leave. I, I keep thinking of this story that I can't remember who told me this story. It was somebody I know. He was in a grocery he was in the line at the grocery store and this lady in a burke was standing in front of him talking to somebody else saying, I am, um, you know, I've been here in America for a while and it's so bad here and I hate these people and they're all dirty and they're all foul. This is such a horrible country. And he actually said, well, then why he interrupted her? She was on the phone. And he said, well, why are you here? Well, because I got a job. 
that's what rubs people the wrong way, right? Uh, if it's so great where you're from, why why did you leave? Just acknowledge why you know Which, why you're here, right? There, right? Mm-hmm. And it's clear she's using us for a job, yeah. right? Yeah, and it's and then that I think want... that feeling rubs people the wrong way. Yeah, yeah. I get that. And um, again, you could argue it's all it's trivial, but okay, I don't, I don't know that it is. Any last thoughts, Ryan? Thoughts? Um, I feel, I feel like he was Ryan. Do you sympathize with any here. of this at all, or is it all completely foreign? <laughs> it wasn't to you? a trap. I'm, I was genuinely no, I, interested. But, I'm trying well, to figure out what parts here, I, you actually care about. So, well, both well, I think parts Josh you I, care about. We opened the the kimono a little bit, and we're very honest. I think about our feelings, Ooh. and but like, do you do you do, is is there any part of you that like, if someone came in and was like, "Oh, America sucks, and it's the worst place in the world," would you be like, "No, it's great," right? Or would you just be like, "Yeah, totally, I get it, man." No, I think my feelings are more complicated, right? Like I, I do like the US. I, I am not of the opinion that the US is the best country on the planet be, just because of statistical reasons, right? Like you can point to any area where it's not the best country for a variety of reasons. But I, I think where my position lies a little bit different from yours is I think it's perfectly fine to criticize the US. And I think Josh said this, right? There are clearly warts. There are problems. I just would go so far as to say like, okay, we can talk about those, right? And that doesn't make me ungrateful. It doesn't make me somebody who you should say like, oh, if you don't like it, leave. No, I, that that you're taking it, you know, too far with someone like me who I, I do like the US. I, I I had an opportunity to move to Norway and I what if, chose not what to if they say, reasons, right? what if they say to you, you know, the country I came from is way better than, than this place. This place sucks. What if they say that? What are your feelings when they say that to you? I would be interested to know why they think it sucks. It doesn't bother you. There's no nationalistic pride at all within you. Well, I mean, that's not where I immediately jump, right? I, I, and this does get back to the book that I talked about earlier, right? Like moral politics, uh, progressives and conservatives, both are moral, right? They, they, they just think about things in different ways. Yeah, so sure. it's clear, like you are both saying, hey, no, you have to be this way for me to be okay with you being in the US. And I'm like, meh, that, that is not something that strikes me as horrifically bad, right? Now, if somebody said, I want to get on some planes and fly them into the World Trade Center because I hate US so bad. Now we got beef, right? Like right. you've crossed a line. That that's right. not okay. Or if it, somebody said, you know, <laughs> because I'm a Muslim, I'm going to try and kill a bunch of people. Again, we've got beef. You've moved too far. I'm not okay with that. Yeah. But if you just want to say, like, and, you know, and let me be clear. Like, if when someone's like rubbing the U.S. into the ground, I don't like go polish my gun or anything like that. Right? <laughs> it's like I people do that all the time on TV. It bother. Like, does it bother me? Yeah, it bothers me. But there's lots of things that bother me. Right? It's sure. Just, I don't, you know, I'm not, I, there's plenty, people are doing plenty of it. Right. So I'm just like, this is how I feel. It's uh, like, but I, can I tolerate it? Yeah. I'm a man. Yeah. I can, I can take it. I can take it. Um, anyway. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so I, so I get it. Um, yeah. but, uh, yeah, sorry. Well, finish your thought. You're right. No, I, I just think it's really interesting that we have, I don't mean to use this word in like the, woke left way but we have different trigger triggers right that set us off that bug us Mm -hmm. and for both of you it sounds like people who are not uh multi-generation you know residents of the united states if they're first generation immigrants or they're recent immigrants right they need to show some gratitude and i 
that is not something that just sticks out in my mind of like, you must do this, or this is really going to bug me. And I get that neither of you saying like, you'd be violent against them or right. anything like that. It just right. bugs and you. It they bugs don't you. need to. Right. I just prefer, right. like, yeah, I like it when they do. You like it. You you yeah. prefer that. Right. And for some reason, and I don't know why that is, right? It just, that is not a something that sticks in my craw um, that somebody would have to do. Maybe mm-hmm. it would. Maybe if I saw somebody who really was just like completely, you know, ungrateful about the fact that they've got a better life here or something like that. Maybe it would bug me if I saw it like blatantly and I was like, Oh, that's kind of not cool. Right. But for some reason it just doesn't strike me as like, that would be a huge sticking point for me. And it could just be, we have, you know, different moral sticking points. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Cool. Well, good. That was good. That was a fun episode. I enjoyed the conversation. So the great replacement theory uh, I think we exhausted that one and uh, beat it to death. So I think we all agree there's no great cabal that's uh, that's operating behind a curtain with lever pulling levers and uh, drafting uh, memorandums, but uh, but that there there are. We all know, wish there maybe... was because it would be a better story. <laughs> <laughs> maybe there's some there are some people with certain agendas that seem to support that and and possibly. Uh, uh, you know, and that, um, you know, maybe there's some like that the, you know, a lot of white America is concerned about it, but just uh, that enough that it can be kind of like interpreted as that there's some that they're feeding into this idea. Right. Um, and I'm sure there are some for sure. But all right. Cool, guys. Thanks. And we'll we'll call it a night. Josh, we may not always agree when it comes to politics, even though we're trying, but there is one thing we agree on. There is only one way to clean up after going to the bathroom, and that's with a Lux Bidet. I've been a proud owner of a Lux Bidet for years. I have literally owned a Lux Neo 320 since 2013. That's the warm water model. Talk about happy, fun, poopy time. When I leave the bathroom, I know I'm clean and ready to talk politics in a civilized manner. Exactly. Using a toilet without a bidet is about as uncivilized as it gets. Civil conversations demand civil hygiene practices. And that is why our listeners should get themselves a Lux bidet. And just to be clear, Lux is not supporting one side or the other in this podcast. They support civil conversations and clean butts. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Finding Common Battlegrounds. The music is by Ben Sound. The views expressed in this podcast are those of the participants and not those of their employers. For more information or more episodes, you can find us at findingcommonbattlegrounds.com. Um. So yeah, conservatives talk about balanced budgets a lot. Has has, it, has the senator proposed a balanced budget uh, amendment or a bill? Not as far as somewhere, but my state, right? Some yeah. states have done this. So the state of Florida, we have it in our constitution that we have to have a balanced budget. Yeah. We can't yeah. have deficit spending, right? Uh, I think Utah is the same. I think we have to have a yeah. Balanced so budget. there are a number of states that have basically just legislated this, which is, put it into their constitution, which is good, like, right? Uh, yes, though. Because- if you talk to economists, some economists, economists would actually argue that having some debt is good. 
some debt, not some debt. twenty um, trillion dollars. Right. Of debt. Yeah, I don't right. think any of them would agree that twenty trillion is good, but some <laughs> debt is good because it allows for kind of borrowing, lending, and the government. Yes. You know, it, it, they, it can help manage the market to some degree. Well, um, in, in a time of war, you'd want the government to go. Okay, we need we need to borrow some right. money. But the problem right. is, you you give these lunatics that kind of leeway, and now we're twenty trillion dollars in debt. Right. That's the and, problem. And I love that by lunatics, Josh actually meant all politicians there, yes. not yes. one party or the other. Because I totally agree. Absolutely. Well, so one <laughs> one of the things, like so, like as a, a product person, a product person, I'm still here. My yeah, my gotcha. my profession is all about prioritization. That's all it is. You have okay. a pipe. And you can shove so much down this pipe and it's all about managing prioritization. And that's what a balanced budget essentially does. It forces prioritization. And then, mm-hmm. and then it's a matter of like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Military is most expensive. Um, social programs are, 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 are so are, or sorry, military is important. Social programs are important. We just have to work it out. Right. And we got to punt, you know, get in a room and, and duke it out and figure out which one, which one gets the most money, um, which I'm a big proponent of. Uh, yeah, that's the issue, though, is you got so, – because, yeah, inevitably there's some emergency that will – even if we'd pass a balanced budget bill, there'd be some emergency that would then be like, oh, we have to go well, to you debt. Could, you could put that in the bill easily enough if, you know, there's a certain emergency. Well, what I'm saying is the emergency would come up and then we'd be like, oh, we let the genie out of the bottle and we're – we dead up. Yeah. That's, we we – we're well, with- uh, oh there's there's a great um there's a great video it's ray dalio's changing world orders um it's an awesome video really well done um and it kind of goes into this that governments inevitably just dead up and then uh and and especially the reserve currency uh p- power the power that re- the holds a reserve currency always debts up and then and kind of ruins <laughs> ruins the currency, um, and he, he goes through all these patterns that has happened through time, and uh, and it's really well done video. But he's saying basically, basically saying America's on the decline, China's on the rise, and uh, China's beating us on a lot of things: technology, education, and these are all like these are all characteristics of a rising nation. Um, it's production and uh, there's a few other things. And then the last thing that always goes is reserve currency. And, um, and we still hold the reserve currency right now, but like we, but like there's this, it's getting, re- so right now we're in this weird inflation, but the reserve currency has actually gotten real expensive. So the dollar's gotten real expensive and actually people have been like Saudis and uh, who else was it? Like there are some African nations that are trying to pay in other things besides the reserve currency because uh, it's real expensive. And so that, which is like the beginning, the cracks, the beginning of the, of the yeah. end of like the reserve currency when you start working around it. Well, I, awesome. I hate to say it, but uh, China's zero COVID policy may actually be helping us. Right. I mean, it's killing us as far as inflation, but they've shut down their economy and their economy is actually shrinking right now Yeah, um, because they keep, you know, insisting like, oh, we're not going to have COVID. <laughs> have you? They're going to have COVID. Everybody's going to have COVID. It's just the reality, right? The genius yeah. of the bottle, it's done. Well, you know? I know. It's such a weird thing. Their whole, that, uh, that's, that sounds, I mean, this is awesome, mm-hmm. awful. Well, like, I mean, it's, yeah, it's maybe, just, 
you've seen the videos with like the fences around the apartment building so that people can't get out of the apartments and like they're out there they're banging on pots and pans they're like we're starving they're screaming yeah they're yeah. screaming at night yeah. it's terrifying oh, it's yeah, yeah it's that's... completely unrelistic what they're trying to do yeah well it's unrealistic it's it's horrifying it's inhumane yeah it's It's horrifying you shut down a whole city and you're like okay maybe two percent had covid and yeah sure they it it cycles through and they're done with it but then it's just gonna spread back again what are you gonna do keep doing this over and over again i don't get it no I mean, if it was a if it was a virus like monkeypox, right, which is hard to transmit, you can shut that down by contact tracing. But when you get something like Omicron with COVID, that yeah, I mean, spreads and spreads without yeah. symptoms all over the place. Yeah, it, yeah. I mean, it's you know, it, it sucks. I, mean, I I certainly am not celebrating the you know millions of lives that have been lost. It's it's horrific. That's terrible. But you you know, once it got out. It was done. We were done for. There was there was really nothing we could do. Um, sorry to, to get back to the economy. There, there, so China's actually their debt crisis with the. Have you heard of Evergrande? And yes. These big, these big real estate things. That is really interesting, and I it it keeps rearing its head, but then it kind of just the story kind of disappears. But I think that one's going to be a big issue in the near future. Um, yeah. Because yeah, they've got some big weird debt problems that they're they're going to be dealing with as well. But I, you know, I I don't know how that compares, you know, how it compares to ours, and if it's like, I don't know. But, yeah. Well, we uh, do need to solve our debt our debt issue, and I would be fully in favor of a balanced budget we, without we, without the caveats for emergency spending, because what we should have is just a reserve fund, right? So we should we should be doing so well financially that we spend what we bring in minus, I don't know, you know, $50 billion a year or something. And that just gets slotted into a reserve fund that we're holding. Right. And a lot of nations actually have that. So they have a sovereign wealth fund that they end up investing in a lot of different things. Yeah. We should be doing that. I mean, if we were smart, we would do that kind of stuff, but, but but the politicians are so corrupt. That's just going to be their slush fund and they'll just start handing it out to each other. Cause that's what happens to the money now. The I saw a great quote the other day that said when when rich people when rich countries give to poor countries, it's the poor people of the rich countries giving money to the rich people of the poor countries. Yes. So that yeah. fifty billion dollars we just sent to Ukraine, a small percentage of that might be sent to the military, but most of it's gonna sent to the corrupt politicians and the rich people and the people in charge of that money, and they're gonna pocket it and go, Thanks. Thanks, yeah. guys. Did, right. did you hear about the, I know it's New York Times, but just bear with me. Um, they just did a, a story, got, it came across my newsfeed because they didn't cite the actual uh, academics who did a lot of the research, but they did a story on Haiti paying France. Did you hear about this? No. Uh-huh. So when Haiti fought for its sovereignty, right? So they, they became free. Uh, the French government sent over a bunch of warships and said, eh, hold on. You have to reimburse all of our former slave owners. Um, you owe us, you know, hundreds of millions of francs. <laughs> this is like this is like a hundred years ago or something. Yeah, but they ended up paying it for decades. You're kidding? No. So Haiti was the only country where the slaves had to actually pay their former slave owners yeah and they actually calculated that if haiti hadn't have to to do this 
they would be just as developed as all of the other countries really? in that region of the world. This destroyed Haiti's economy. Why and did France they do it? Benefited from it because yeah. they sent warships. Well, we we did the France same thing. Literally, the, did this. Yeah. We did the same thing to the Germans after World War One. We said, "Well, you guys, you guys lost. So you got to pay reparations." So we destroyed their economy as they're trying to rebuild from this devastating war, and that's what led to World War Two. We <laughs> demanded reparations from people that had nothing because yeah. we just devastated their country. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, the, but what I don't get is Haiti won, right? Haiti won. I mean, really. Uh, and that, well, that's like that's like the U.S. The winning. The, yeah. the U.S. winning, and England sends a bill. Right? <laughs> that's for all the. the yeah. Well, like, uh, yeah. crazy. That's crazy. And they actually sent warships multiple times. So they sent right after the war, right after they lost, um, and said, "No, you owe us this money." And the government in Haiti was like, "Okay, yeah, you know, don't don't blow us up. We'll give you the money." And then they couldn't pay it. They literally couldn't pay it. It was like four times their total GDP is what they had wow. to pay in the first year. And so they're like, "Well, okay, we can't pay it." And then they're like, "Great." Now you owe us. You're in debt. We're going to control your economy. Um, so wow. what you were saying, what you were saying, Josh, about the yeah people who charging people who can't pay. So that that that's actually interesting because in Ray Dalio talks about that in the Changing World Orders that one of the symptoms of the country that's like the the leading the the, the dominant country is that. They have the reserve currency. They can borrow a whole bunch, and it ends up making the rich. You you end up creating class inequality, yeah. and um, and and usually at the late cycle end of the cycle, there's a lot of like civil disorder because of this, right? And it's this sort of like you know the night the what, what was it the Occupy Wall Street stuff. This sort of movements right is very. Uh, indicative of like that kind of like oh the one percent evil one percent and that kind of stuff that that jordan peterson even talks about this you know the he calls it the pareto principle he called the 80 20 principle where where it really is a problem when a small minority of people end up with all the power and all the money right Mm -hmm. and and the left is more you know this is what the left should be concerned about, right? The dispossessed. That's that's the proper place of the left is fighting for the people on the bottom end of that spectrum. Because anytime that pyramid becomes too um, uh, acute, narrow. right? Yeah. Too, too narrow and you have all that money at the top, the, the systems do crumble. That always happens. And, and the capitalists in our country, uh, you know, the people on the right in our country don't want to admit that capitalism does lead to that because capitalism is the best system for for flattening out that curve because people do enter that that one percent and leave the one percent all the time. But it is getting the capitalism slows it down more than any other system. Communism and socialism, they increase that really fast. So the people at the top have all the money and all the power, but it still happens in capitalism. So you're what you're saying very well could be the case that the u.s is headed for a big downfall because we you know how much money is at the top and it's not just the money it's how much power is at the top that's the problem yeah fin- but finish your thought with radialio that was interesting oh that's basically it but that that we're in this 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 cycle and that uh, he's basically predicting that eventually america will re- lose the reserve currency and that'll be like that well and he says it's always transitioned through some kind of conflict either an internal conflict like a civil war or an external t- conflict usually with the rising power right us fighting your friend uh eg uh uh china, china invades taiwan and we try to defend it and then we get our butts kicked um something like that but interesting but 
kind of hoping it's civil war because at least the Republicans are going to win that one because we got the guns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, you're outnumbered like three to one, though. Oh my gosh! No, we're and not. Then, and then Plus we, we also... have the guns. If we have all the guns, I'll take those odds all day. You have, you have no ports. We have all the coasts. We have all the shipping. <laughs> uh, we'll have them. Doesn't pretty matter. Quick. We're, we're we have speaking guns. Chinese by the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> Probably true. Yeah. <laughs>